31. Control the options. Get others to play with the cards you deal. The best deceptions are the ones that seem to give the other person a choice. Your victims feel they are in control, but are actually your puppets. Give people options that come out in your favor, whichever one they choose. Force them to make choices between the lesser of two evils, both of which serve your purpose. Put them on the horns of a dilemma. They are gored wherever they turn. Reading this law, I try and reflect and think, what is the biggest value we can take from this law that seems to be superficially manipulating or manipulative? Controlling the options to me simply means being smart, tactful about the way you communicate with another person and trying to get what you want and trying to lay out a number of options on the table and get the one that is best suited for your situation is being smart, intelligent about the way you communicate that with the other person. That's, that's what I believe this law is trying to convey. Keys to power. We talk about trying to control options. The word freedom comes up. The word choice comes up. The unwillingness to probe the smallness of our choices stems from the fact that too much freedom creates a kind of anxiety. The phrase unlimited options sounds infinitely promising, but unlimited options would actually paralyze us and cloud our ability to choose. Our limited range of choices comforts us. Setting up a narrow range of choices then should always be a part of your deceptions. There is a saying, if you can get the bird to walk into the cage on its own, it will sing that much more prettily. So if you're in any type of business, think about how all the options and services you're uh, trying to communicate and give to your customer can actually confuse them. If you're a visual merchandiser in a, in a store, try and think about how the layout of your the visuals on the merchandise can confuse, cloud, and make people anxious. Sometimes limiting the options and giving a small handful of options even when just communicating one-on-one -on -one with somebody can be a lot more beneficial than trying to lay out everything on the table and be thorough. The following are among the most common forms of controlling the options. Color the choices. Henry Kissinger, Secretary of State to President Richard Nixon, used this to his advantage. Kissinger believed he could make the best decisions on his own, but if he tried too heavily, he would offend or enrage the President. So instead he would propose three or four choices of action for each situation and he would present them in such a way that one that the one he preferred would always seem the best solution compared to the others so he would manipulate the way he would talk about each one to make one more favorable over the other and nixon fell for this bait and he never suspected what kissinger was doing and he ended up mostly getting the decision he wanted Force the resistor. Dr. Milton Erickson, a pioneer of hypnosis therapy in the 50s, had success with these patients. These patients were recovering rapidly from their addictions, but their apparent susceptibility to the therapy masked a deep resistance. They would soon relapse into old habits and blame the doctor and stop coming. So to avoid this, Erickson began ordering some patients to have a relapse to make themselves feel as bad as when they first came in. Faced with this option, the patients would usually choose to avoid the relapse, which is what Erickson really wanted. 
This is a good technique to use on children and other willful people who enjoy doing the opposite of what you ask them to do. Push them to choose what you want them to do by appearing to advocate the opposite. Try that out. Try it. It worked for Ericsson. Alter the playing field. In the 1860s, uh, John D. Rockefeller wanted to create an oil monopoly. If he tried to buy up smaller oil companies, they'd figure out what he was doing and they'd fight back. They didn't want him taking it. So instead he began by buying up the railway companies that transported the oil. So when he attempted to take over a particular company and he was met with resistance like before, he politely reminded them that of the dependence on his rails. Rockefeller altered the playing field so that the only options the small oil producers had were the ones he gave them. In this tactic, your opponents know their hand is being forced, but it doesn't matter. The technique is effective against those who resist it at all costs. The shrinking options. When Ambrose Vollard would show paintings to his customers, he would neglect to mention the price and then, you know, pretend to doze off. The customers would come back the next day to decide and make their decision, and he would pull out less interesting works, pretending as if they're the same ones. Customers were confused, they looked over, returned the next day. Once again, the same thing would happen, he'd pull out even less quality paintings. So finally, you know, the buyers realized they had to grab whatever he was showing them because they knew the next day they were going to have to settle for something worse. A variation of this technique is in, in our modern day is to raise the price every time the buyer hesitates and another day goes by. This is an excellent negotiating ploy to use on the chronically indecisive, which many people are. They fall for the idea they are getting a better deal than if they wait until tomorrow. Now, I, I think the problem is with this technique is if the people really don't want it and they're just buying it just because they want to buy it, you know, just because it's something to have. If they're buying something that it's a necessity that is really important to them, then I think that's where this, this technique can come into great use in the modern day business, in modern day services and products you're selling. If you understand that your customer really needs, you've created that need. The supply and demand is there. That's when this can work. The weak man on the precipice. This is a great technique for those who procrastinate, for those who are operated and live out of fear. Cardinal de Retz was an assistant to the Duke of Orleans, who was notoriously indecisive. So imagine somebody you know, in, very indecisive in your life. It was a constant struggle to try and convince him to take action. Many people are like that. So he'd wait until the last moment to make a decision. But Retz discovered that a great way to handle him would be to describe all the dangers and exaggerate them as much as possible until the Duke saw kind of like a, a yawning abyss in every direction, except one, the one that Ritz was pushing him to take. With the weak-minded, you have to be more aggressive. You have to work on their emotions, use fear to propel them into action. Try reason and they will always find a way to procrastinate because that's what fear is. As human beings, we're, all we're trying to do is seek pleasure or avoid pain. So if you know somebody who is not as strong-minded, strong character, and is having trouble making decisions, then maybe playing on that in order for, for time's sake and to get them to make a decision will work because that's what human beings are. Avoid pain, seek pleasure. Brothers in crime. So this one is just really about protecting yourself. 
it is often wise to implicate in your deceptions the very person who can do you the most harm if you fail. Their involvement can be subtle, even a hint of their involvement will narrow their options and buy their silence. Reversal Controlling the options has one main purpose, to disguise yourself as the agent of power and punishment. The tactic works best then for those whose power is fragile and who cannot operate too openly without inspiring suspicion, resentment and anger. Even as a general rule, however, it is really wise to be seen as exerting power directly and forcefully, no matter how secure or strong you are. It is usually more elegant and more effective to give people the illusion of choice. On the other hand, by limiting other people's options, you sometimes limit your own. There are situations which it is to your advantage to allow your rivals a large degree of freedom. Law 31. Control the options. Get others to play with the cards you deal.